0: Welcome to the Center for Leadership Studies podcast, an exploration of contemporary leadership issues with experts from a variety of fields and leadership backgrounds. In this episode, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith discusses the innovation and cultural shifts that Alan Mulally orchestrated as president and CEO of the Ford Motor Company from 2006 to 2014. For the Center for Leadership Studies, here's your host, Sam Shriver. You were um, recently identified by Thinker 50 as the number one
1: thinker mm-hmm. in the world, correct? And you're also the number one coach? Right. So as we were talking about before the interview started, you've got nowhere to go but down. What do you want?
2: <laughs> I may be entered in the intergalactic contest.
1: <laughs> First off, congratulations. You know, well, thank you. Know, for, you but secondly, with that territory, just like anybody else that's a big winner, it's how do you repeat it? How do you keep it going? Mm-hmm. What do you do? What are you seeing in organizations and sort of what's on your horizon to kind of maintain that status, for lack of a better term, or that tremendous influence potential.
2: One of the things that I'm working on has been working with my friend Al Malali, who I consider to be just a spectacularly great leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Alan was ranked the number three greatest leader in the world, behind the Pope and Angela Merkel, CEO of the Year in the United States. And I've had the privilege of observing the way he has led people. So he goes into Ford, the stock is valued at a dollar, and he leaves it's $18.40. I mean, an unbelievable turnaround. (laughs) And he didn't take any of the US government taxpayer money. So, just an amazing guy. And a 97% approval rating from all employees in a union company. Think about that a CEO in a union company with a 97% approval rating from the employees, unheard of. You know, most respected leader of a big company in the world. You know, just an amazing, amazing man. And Alan is a believer of situational leadership. Let me tell you how he applies it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Because most of the people you've been training are first line, second line managers. And back to expertise, they have the expertise to do the job and they are the provider of the leadership. Alan goes in at Ford he really doesn't have expertise. Mm -hmm. He has a lot of expertise as a leader, and he has an engineer, he's a smart guy, but he had no experience in auto company at all. And he was basically told you have no chance of success. Well, that was wrong. (laughs) Everybody that bet on his chance of success made a whole lot of money, right? He he was a fantastic leader. He could lead any organization though. Let me tell you what he's taught me that is so brilliant and how it connects to situational leadership. Allen's view is as you go higher and higher and higher up the chain, you are more of a facilitator, a person who helps people get the leadership they need, not the provider of the leadership. Mm-hmm. So what he does that's brilliant is he really encourages people to be honest about their readiness level. Now, you're an expert on situational leadership. Readiness level, the key driver of leadership style. So he goes to Ford and their top 16 people, five priorities each, red, yellow, green. Green is I'm on plan. Now yellow is, well, I'm not on plan, but I have a strategy to get there. And red is, I'm not on plan, I have no strategy. (laughs) So the first meeting, everyone's green. So the company's losing like 17 billion and everyone's on plan. So Alan goes, hmm. Well, we're losing $17 billion, and everyone's on plan. I guess our plan must be to lose at least $17 billion, because we're, we're right there. <laughs> we're, we're, we're on plan. <laughs> he said, onward, yeah. Yeah, let's do, let's do it again. So finally, Mark Fields stands up and says, Red. So Alan starts applauding. He says, thank you for having the courage and the transparency to tell the truth. Good. He said, you're not on plan. You know how to get there. And then he said, This is something I've never heard a CEO say, it's okay. You're not on a plan, you don't know how to get there, it's okay. Then he said, I'm the CEO of the Ford Motor Company, I know a lot less than you do, and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. How many CEOs you ever heard say that before? Yeah. Not too many. Yeah. Now, that's not common CEO talk, right? I, I haven't heard a lot of them say, you don't know anything and it's okay and I know less than you and that's okay. No, I'm not frequently here <laughs> in that one though. That doesn't pop to mind very often, right? Then he said, we've got hundreds of thousands of people that work here. We can hire outside people if we need to. Let's just get the help we need. Then Alan said, within 10 minutes, the problem is largely solved. Somebody said, well, I know somebody or I know somebody or I know somebody Back to situational leadership, see, Mark Fields was lost. Yeah. He needed help. Well, what happened is they found the help they need, not from higher ups, but from people at different levels in the company who actually had the expertise to help him. Mm-hmm. So from a situational leadership point of view, he wanted to learn, he needed to learn. Alan, as the CEO, couldn't use a style to and teach him how to do it because he didn't know himself. Mm-hmm. What he did, though, as a facilitator, is he facilitated a process so that Mark Fields got the leadership he needed, but it didn't have to come from his boss. Right. So the other thing Alan did, which is brilliant, is the huge majority of leaders in this will immediately start asking questions. Have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? One of the worst things you can do. One of my coaching clients who retired a few years ago was J.P. Garnier. He was CEO of GlaxoSmithKline. Oh, yeah. I asked J.P., what would you learn about leadership as CEO of GlaxoSmithKline? He said, I learned a hard And He said, my suggestions become orders. And he said, if they're smart, they're orders. And if they're stupid, they're orders. And if I want them to be orders, they're orders. If I don't want them to be orders, they're orders anyway. He said, my suggestions become orders. Well, I said, what would you learn from me when I was your coach that helped you the most? He said, before I speak, breathe. And ask myself, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Now, let's go back to Alan and Mark Fields. Yeah. Mark Fields comes up and says, Red. If Alan then would say, Have you thought of this? There's a very high probability you know what would have happened. Aye, aye, sir. Great idea. Great idea. The worst of all worlds. One, Alan knows a whole lot less than Mark Fields in this dialogue. So the idea is probably a bad idea. Two, Mark has no ownership. Mm-hmm. It's Alan's idea. He's the boss. The CEO CEO told me to do this, right? He's he's got no ownership. Well, the incredible discipline that Alan has, which I find amazing is, and humility, is fight the urge to give people ideas if you don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Don't pretend to be an expert if you're not. And it's perfectly okay to say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's okay. And in fact, it's not only okay, it's much better. Because if you start throwing out ideas, then what happens is people just run around and do these things and oftentimes they make no sense. And back to J.P. Garney's comment, suggestions become orders.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because we at the Center for Leadership Studies, we have a model, we build programs around that model worldwide. Mm -hmm. It's a trademark, copyrighted Mm -hmm. framework. Mm -hmm. And we protect that. It sounds to me though, and I've heard many managers say this, executives, situational leadership, it changed the way I manage people. Yes, I went through the program and that altered, as we talk about leaderships and attempt to influence, it it helped me parent, it helped me be coaching, it helped me in all different kinds of things. But it almost sounds like what Alan did years later, after he had been through, Mm -hmm. is he was still applying the principles of. It's just kind of like, where are we, what are we doing, how do I put this? What's the readiness level? Yeah, just putting that in context.
2: Well, and creating an environment, which is something you're doing in your influence program, creating an environment where people can be honest about their readiness level. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
2: And if you need help, it's okay to say you need help. If you need direction, you need direction. You need coaching, you need coaching. You need support, you need support. And you can do it on your own, you can do it on your own. It's okay mm-hmm. to do that. It's okay for somebody to say, Red, I need help. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to do it. That's okay. Well, that's a real breakthrough. Yeah. Uh, one of the worst things a leader can say, I learned this from Alan, is I'm sure you've heard this, don't come to me with a problem, don't come to me unless you have a solution. <laughs> Well, that's nice. Let's say you have a problem and you don't have a solution. Now, I shout at you and say, don't come to me. Yeah. So, you know what you learn? Okay. All right. I won't come to you. It'll just keep... Getting... I'll hide it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> you told me not to come to you. Yeah. So, I'm,
1: okay. I'm following direction, right? You're giving me style one and uh, I'm, I'm complying. I'm, I'm not
2: coming to you at all. In fact, the next time you ask, do you have a problem? No. No. Yeah. Well, what, what, what was happening before? No one had a problem. Although yeah. they were losing $17 billion, nobody had a problem. Yeah. Why? Well, I'm, obviously they've been trained not to say they have problems. Yeah. Well, you train people to say they have no problems, they all say green. Yeah. The problem is that's not life. Yeah. Life is never all green.
1: Far from it. And, and again, um, probably has something to do with the reason we're, we're here together today, but it, it's like the, the portions of the organization Mm -hmm. that we interact with Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day basis are drastically different. Similar principles are at play. Yes. But when you're talking to training departments Mm -hmm. and you're positioning situational leadership Mm -hmm. as a program that Mm -hmm. can help new managers or second-level managers effectively Mm -hmm. influence, the single biggest obstacle you hear in many cases is top-level support that's what's gonna turn it from a program right. into a change initiative. Right. So it hits me that what Alan did right. <laughs> is, is really there was the language of situational leadership mm-hmm. that was permeated the, the C-suite oh. and it just makes it that much easier to reinforce, um, you're going through a program, you're gonna learn some yeah. skills, and these are life skills.
2: Well, they are, and again, the key is that um, that is, you are who you are. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Don't hide from it. And it's okay. Yeah. The big breakthrough, it's okay. It's okay to need help. Mm-hmm. It's okay not to be perfect. It is what it is. And his whole focus is not on looking good. See, so much in corporate life is people try to look good. So they end up with pretense. Yeah. Pretending to be who they're not. To look good. Well, his theory is we're we're here to, like, make cars and sell cars. Not to individually show off or look good ourselves. Who cares how we look if we're going broke? Yeah. Right? This is not good. This is bad. Yeah. And how do we turn this around? Well, the way you turn around is you focus on the mission. You focus on what are we really here for. And we're not really here to show off and prove how smart we are. We're here to do great work. Mm-hmm. Just let's do whatever it takes to do great work, and who cares how somebody, quote, looks. And what he taught them is, once you do great work, you don't have to pretend to look good. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks you are good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to complain. The stock goes from $1 to eighteen forty. Nobody's doing a critique then. It yeah. all is good. It's, you know, it's all good. Then you don't have to show off.
1: Yeah. I read his book and uh, heard a lot about him, read a lot about him, but... Was Alan always this good?
2: No, he would tell you. He uh, got off to a very rocky start. He um, had a young man work for him, and uh, an excessive leadership style won. He, he said uh, something like, I may have the number wrong, 14 drafts this guy sent him. He Corrected over and over again. Finally, the guy just said, "I've got to quit." <laughs> he said, here, no, no mas, man, <laughs> nice young man, but you're driving me crazy here. And really, I'm not sure this is what you're supposed to do. And the guy kind of explained what he's supposed to do. He said, oh, okay. <laughs> so no, he, he was not always a great leader. He didn't. He didn't. He wasn't born with this. You yeah. know. Yeah. The idea that leaders are born somehow you hop out of the womb with all these leadership skills. That seems a, a little ridiculous. You oh, know? Yeah. yeah. A little ridiculous. People can learn things yeah
1: it hits me that the process of becoming a situational leader it's iterative it really is it's about okay this didn't go the way i wanted it to go mm-hmm. and in the parameters we always use is success is job get done scale yeah, of one yeah, to yeah, ten yeah. effectiveness right more of the engagement piece of it you know scale of one to ten and those, those two dimensions are always in play but it is it's like people that are serious about becoming good leaders really learn from that that didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Mm You know, what did I learn, how do I adjust, how do I put it in the context, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, of a model or just what I want to do differently moving forward.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dr. Marshall Goldsmith is one of the world's leading executive educators, coaches, and authors. He's a pioneer in helping successful leaders get even better. His books, Triggers, Mojo, and What Got You Here Won't Get You There are New York Times bestsellers. Marshall has been ranked by Thinkers 50 as the number one leadership thinker in the world and the number one executive coach in the world. Thank you for listening to the Center for Leadership Studies podcast. Through its innovative leadership development programs, the Center for Leadership Studies has helped millions of individuals across the globe become more effective leaders and has helped thousands of organizations build more productive and engaged workforces. For additional information on our services and products, please visit situational.com or call 919-335-8763. The Center for Leadership Studies, the global home of situational leadership.